This episode of the Golf Professional Growth Project is brought to you by Golf Genius Software. Less work, more fun, more revenue. You are listening to the Golf Professional Growth Project. My name is Dean Candle, and I'm on a mission to help you, today's golf professional, build the skills it takes to thrive at work and succeed in life. I'm going beyond the traditional education that focuses on golf-specific training and digging deeper to find the real skills, the methods, and the tactics that the most successful people inside and outside of our industry use every day to achieve long-term success. Thank you for joining me. It was late March in northern New Jersey, and I was a couple weeks into a new job as an assistant professional. We were getting ready for the start of the season that would be kicking off at the beginning of April. At this point, I was just showing up when the golf shop opened and heading home at whatever point my boss, the director of golf, would say it was time to leave. This was working fine, but I knew as the days got longer and busier, we would need an actual schedule. How else was I going to know when I was opening the shop or when I was closing? So I asked him, what's our work schedule? Do we have one? His answer was simple. He said, we do. It's open to close every day. Huh. Now, at this point, I had been in the business long enough to grow very accustomed to six and seven day work weeks and 60 plus hours a week. This was a very familiar, but I had yet to be on what you might call a bell to bell schedule. This was going to be fun. Now, does this sound familiar to you? I'm sure it does. The more you talk to golf professionals, the more you hear the stories of the endless hours, the long days, and in too many cases, the few financial rewards that go along with all that work. For decades and decades, this has just been the way it is. You give up much of your life outside of work to build a successful career. And there's a percentage of people that make this work. They handle the challenges of the schedule and the hours and put together long careers in this business. Others end up run down by the constant demands and missing the holidays, the Little League games, the recitals. And they end up leaving the industry with the hope of finding something with more flexible hours. The impact of the pandemic on work has only exacerbated this issue with many companies in other industries still on a fully or partially remote system, the prospect of clocking in and out six days a week has become less attractive, certainly to many entering the golf industry, much less to anyone considering leaving. And with golf facilities busier than most have ever seen, alongside the most difficult labor market in memory, the demands on golf professionals are like never before. It's a recipe for burnout, on a high level. So in this episode, we're going to talk about burnout. We're going to talk about what it is, which I'm sure a lot of you already know, or at least feel, but we're going to define burnout. 
what it is, and then we're actually going to talk about ways to address it. Now, in episode four of the Golf Professional Growth Project, I had the opportunity to speak with Ken Coleman. He's a nationally syndicated radio host and best-selling author. He's known as America's career coach. He also wrote the book, The Proximity Principle. But before we got into talking about his book, he provided this insight on burnout. Take a listen. Right now, we're in the midst of a real boom in golf. Nobody knew that this was going to happen months ago when COVID-19 hit and we were all kind of locked down. We didn't know what was going to happen. And then we opened up our golf courses again and and people came out in droves. We're doing record numbers of rounds all over the place, but we didn't hire any more people, right? So now we're taking usually a lot of these clubs that are understaffed to begin with, and we're putting more golfers out there. So there are more people struggling with this sense of burnout. So if you could help us a little bit, first of all, about kind of how you define burnout, and then what are, what are some ways that we can combat this? Yeah, first we need to frame it up. So I don't believe in burnout. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a general word that we use to describe the symptoms that are very real. So I like to say this. There's no such thing as burnout because if you're burned out, you're not alive, right? So that flame, your soul, we are spirits. And when we die, the flame is gone. So that's when you're burned out. What's really going on is build up. And the build up is what gives us the symptoms of feeling burned out. So let me explain. If I put my hand on my heart right here, right now, I can feel it beating. Okay. If I keep putting on blankets or coats to the point where I've got, let's call it five, six, seven layers, I can put my hand, press it up against where right now I can feel my heart. But if I have all those layers on, I know my hand is where my heart is, but I can't feel my heart. So what's going on is you've got layers and layers and layers And that's when people start to feel the symptoms that come with what we call burnout. So it's buildup. And there's five major causes of buildup on the heart, which throw off these symptoms. All right. So let's walk through those. Very simple. Mm -hmm. The first is no connection for the work. There's no passion. You might be good at the work, but you don't love the work itself. So for our audience, it's like you don't love the the work itself of being a PGA pro right now, or golf pro, whatever. And so you've got all these different things you've got to do. You're not just teaching all day long. You've got all these other things. So there could be a real disconnect with what you have to do during the day, and you don't love the work anymore. So that's the first cause of buildup. The second cause of buildup is toxicity. So you've got a toxic leader above you or poor conditions in the culture, or you've got some toxic coworkers. Because you can absolutely love what you do, but you get in a toxic environment, you don't want to come in anymore. All right. The third cause of buildup is you're overwhelmed. And I think this is probably a lot of our listeners and viewers. You're just covered up with so much work. You feel like the moment you pull into the golf club, you haven't even got out of the car. You're just pulling into the parking lot and the water's already up to here. Mm -hmm. Being overwhelmed can really cause buildup on the heart to where you just can't feel the the juice anymore, as I like to say, all right? And so so those are the first three. The fourth cause of buildup on the heart um, is you feel underappreciated or unrewarded or unrecognized in your role. 
we know from much uh, HR studies, many, many, many studies, that people would rather get a recognition, some type of recognition or reward than they would a raise. So if you're feeling like, hey, I'm busting it, I'm killing it, but I'm not appreciated, I'm not noticed, I'm not rewarded for my work, um, that can cause buildup. And then the fifth cause is you're bored. You're just bored. You need a new challenge. You've been doing this long enough and maybe you've been doing a good job. And there's something about the human condition where we long for another challenge. So those are the causes. No passion, toxic work environment, you're overwhelmed, you're underappreciated, or you're bored. So if you're feeling burned out right now, you need to understand burnout is not the issue. Some people go try to treat the symptom. No, no, we want to find the source. When I go to the doctor, uh, let's keep the golf analogy, right? So I'm playing golf and mm-hmm. all of a sudden my elbow starts to hurt. I, I'm not going to the doctor just to say, hey, make the pain go away. Give me medicine for the pain. No, I want the injury to heal because I don't want to be on medicine, right? So that's that's what you have to do. You've got to be able to understand what causes the feelings of burn burnout because the burnout, if, if those feelings are real, whether it be emotional or physical, all of those things are very real, but we want to get to the source of the problem. And those five reasons would lead, and sometimes many people are dealing with several of those factors at right, once. Right. As Ken points out so profoundly, there are five reasons that we will have feelings that lead to burnout or as he calls it, the buildup that makes us feel burned out. Number one was no connection to the work or a fully disconnected feeling. Two is toxicity in the workplace. Three, overwhelm. Four, being underappreciated or unrecognized. And five was boredom. How many of you are experiencing one or more of these issues? I know I'm experiencing one or two, and I bet most of you listening are as well. So the question is, what do we do? Let's walk through some practical solutions for each of these to help you feel better at work and address your burnout. Now, one, are you feeling a disconnect between the work you're doing and what you'd like to be doing? This involves creating a level of self-awareness that will help you evaluate if the work you're doing is right for you. You can have a talk with your supervisor to understand what they view as your strengths and determine if those are being used properly in your work. Because when your skills are aligned with your work, it's more likely that you're going to enjoy what you're doing. Cal Newport's an author that wrote the book, So Good They Can't Ignore You. And he notes that in order to to develop passion for your work, you need to have a certain skill level. If you're not skilled in an area, you won't enjoy the work and will begin to feel burned out. So maybe you're stuck inside when you'd rather be on the lesson tee, or maybe it's the opposite of that. You have to dive deep inside to look at what gets you excited, what gets you motivated to do the work, and where you're likely to experience success and you'll build a deeper connection to your work and therefore therefore feel more motivated instead of burned out. Number two is toxicity in the workplace. And this one is really tough. It's challenging because it's not completely in your control, so you can only do so much. But what can you do? Well, step one, don't add to the toxicity. 
It's so easy to complain and gossip to others on the team about a toxic coworker. It may seem like you're getting things off your chest and actually doing some good, but you're just perpetuating the negativity and adding to it, and that's not going to solve the problem. If it's a coworker that's being toxic, go see someone that can help, like your boss. Oftentimes your boss likely doesn't even know or doesn't know the extent that a toxic teammate is impacting the rest of the staff. Now be sure to approach it in a way that shows how this person is negatively impacting you and your ability to do your work, your ability to help the team, and also to help your boss. Don't just make it a list of complaints. Focus on the results of the toxicity. Now, if it's your boss that's the toxic issue, this one's a little tougher. But again, focus on impact. It's not easy to have this conversation, but try this little formula. One, acknowledge the good. Let your boss know the positives you find working with them and say thank you. Two, state the actions that are making things challenging for you. Then number three, state the impact that this is having on you. How does it affect your work? How does it affect others? And four, state how changing this would create positive results. So it would sound something like, when you do X, it causes me to feel more stressed and really negative about my work. When that happens, I'm definitely not as productive and the members aren't getting the level of service they expect. I'm probably not as good of a coworker as I should be then too, so it affects the rest of the team. If we could work together to find a way to do X differently that works for both of us, I think it would really have a positive impact on the two of us, the team, and ultimately the members. Now, who could argue with that? It might be enlightening for your boss, and again, I understand it's a tough conversation, but it's one that you need to have if you're working in a toxic workplace. Because a toxic environment is hard for everyone. If you like where you are, it's worth taking steps to try to make it better. And if you don't like where you are, don't waste your time and energy trying to create change. Create change for yourself by finding a better place to work. Hey, golf pros. How many times have you dealt with a frustrated customer that was never updated on the status of a special order? What about the member that was never told his club arrived as it sat in the corner of the office for days on end? Have you ever wished that you could have a more foolproof special order process so that nothing fell through the cracks and your customers left happy and satisfied every time? Just think about how that could improve your sales. Golf Genius Golf Shop is here to help. Golf Shop is the only product on the market created to help your golf retail business communicate with your customers and organize your orders so you can provide the experience your customers come to expect in today's retail environment just like the big box stores and online retailers. Place an order, an email or text goes out notifying your customer. Update the status of an order and another notification goes out. The order arrives, just click a button and let them know it's here. Plus, you can customize the notifications to match your specific needs. I'm always looking for ways to be more productive and save time. That's why I've been using Golf Genius Golf Shop since it was released last year. I love the efficiency it has added to our special orders. My members appreciate the constant communication and our staff isn't bogged down sending emails or making phone calls every time an order arrives. 
I can easily check if an order is taking longer than expected by viewing the special order dashboard, which keeps me up to speed with any orders that need attention. The result is increased sales that come from more consistent, reliable, and efficient special order process. Put a stop to the endless questions about, did you place my order, or is my order here, and get Golf Genius Golf Shop. For more info, go to golfgenius.com. And number three is overwhelm. As Ken pointed out in the podcast, this could be where a lot of us fall. We don't need to go into a ton of detail about what this is and how it feels. We all know it. So what do you do? Much of the feeling of overwhelm comes from a lack of control. You can't control the amount of work being thrown at you. You can't control your schedule and the hours you're working. So you feel like you're doing everything on everyone else's terms and there's no time or opportunity for yourself. This is why I've been talking about productivity and time management for the last five years. Creating systems that make you feel in control of your work help reduce the feeling of overwhelm. I've experienced it myself and have now coached other golf professionals into feeling the same way. So begin by understanding what type of work is creating the most stress and then begin creating systems to reduce or eliminate that work. If you need help in this area, please reach out. I'd love to work with you building better systems to help you feel more in control, less stressed, and less overwhelmed. It is possible. Now, if your overwhelm is just coming from an excessive number of hours and you have an opportunity to at least have a conversation about the number of hours that you're putting in, don't be afraid to do that. Go to your supervisor, talk about how many hours you're working, what you can get done in fewer hours, how those hours can be covered in the shop, and see if you can figure out a way that makes sense for all of you involved on your team to maybe possibly work a little bit less. This leads to a lot of overwhelm and a lot of operations, and what we find is that a lot of times hours can be reduced without changing service levels. I've experienced this myself by reducing a work schedule from six days to five days for assistance on our team, and service levels have not dropped at all. Again, it is possible. Number four, are you feeling underappreciated, or is there just a lack of recognition for your efforts? There might not be anything tougher in a job than working as hard as you can, even to the point of burnout, without anyone noticing. It's amazing what a small gesture like a sincere thank you and pat on the back can do to help you re-energize someone. As a leader, this is an area where I've struggled over the years. Early on in my management career, I assumed that the occasional thank you was enough. I defaulted to, well, they know how I feel unless I tell them otherwise. Thankfully, at one point, I was made aware that I just wasn't doing enough in the area of recognition. And I'm sure there are still times where I fall short but being aware of this has been half the battle for me. So for the leaders out there, don't let your team feel underappreciated. There are enough factors leading to burnout in our industry. This just shouldn't be one of them. If this is an issue for you and leading to your feelings of burnout, make sure that you're meeting the expectations in your position. Schedule a meeting with your boss to specifically review what they expect from you. It's okay to ask for them to let you know if you're doing well, That should serve as a reminder to say thank you, and hopefully even more than that. And number five is boredom. This one should be pretty easy to recognize, 
Boredom can certainly lead to burnout as you feel like the same repetitive task, repetitive issues, and repetitive problems continue to weigh you down without offering any new challenges or opportunities for something different. Obviously, the simplest answer is to change your situation. A new job and change of scenery could easily re-energize you in your career. But that's not always possible due to our family situations, our finances, our location, and many other factors. If you can't change jobs, can you change roles? Maybe it's time for you to take on a bigger role in the teaching operation, or maybe you want to run more events or get more involved in merchandising. Sometimes just taking responsibility for creating a new program or driving a new initiative at your facility can spark up new interest and add some excitement and fulfillment to an otherwise repetitive position. If you find yourself bored and you can't leave your position and you can't change up your role, have you ever considered a side project? What are your other interests or skills? It's never been easier to turn a hobby or some form of your expertise into a side business. In all honesty, it's why I started Golf Professional Growth. It's provided me the fulfillment and satisfaction of working on something new that I could create and has helped me actually at work as I've stayed engaged even after a decade in the same position. There are countless people out there right now with side projects and side businesses that they work on alongside their full-time jobs. You can certainly do it too. So as we look at the five issues that create the feelings of burnout, Defining which one or which ones impact you are your first steps to addressing this. In the end, what this all comes down to is taking control for your own situation, defining where the problem is, and then finding the solution that's going to help you, even if it means leaving your position, finding a new role. You are in control of what it takes to eliminate this feeling of burnout. And if you're a leader at your facility, leading other people that could be having feelings of burnout, make sure you're doing everything that you can to try to eliminate that so that the people working for you enjoy being at your facility, enjoy working with you, and are engaged and therefore doing a great job for you and for the people at your facility. Because it's hard enough finding people these days to work in our business, let's not lose any due to burnout. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and more importantly, I hope it helps. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Golf Professional Growth Project. Be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and head to golfprofessionalgrowth.com for updates from GPG. GPG.